You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Guys, Boston balling is coming to Dear Pat's Nation. Patriots scouts met with Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. The Bruins beat the Penguins in regulation. And how much leverage do the Texans have over the Deshaun Watson trade? What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Ray. I'm always with my boy, Connor, our girl, Sarah. And tonight we're joined by our girl, Gabby, on this special Friday night edition of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. And we're back. Yeah. But I forgot. That was an awesome intro. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? Of course, Ray Road here, along with Gabby Hurlbutt. Did I say that right? Girl Hurlbutt? Hurlbutt? How do you say it? You I probably did. butchered it. Hurlbutt? Hurlbutt? Unfortunately. Sarah Marshall and Connor Carney, who's trying to change his last name to commentary. Yep. But we'll here see. we are for a special Friday night live edition of the Deer Path Nation podcast. That means I have more work to do. It means I got to host this show and then I have to jump in. I got to put the audio up, whatever it is, what it is. But we're super excited, guys, because starting this Sunday morning at 10 a.m., weekly on Sundays, Connor, we landed the deal, man. Boston Balling syndicated Sunday mornings on the Deer Path Nation YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that buddy. that deserves a round of applause, guys. Come on. And of course, we have the host of Boston oh, Balling, Gabby, with us. Gabby, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to tell our beautiful audience here on Dear Pats Nation on this Friday night a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, tell them a little bit about the uh, Boston Balling podcast. Yeah, sure. So I've always grown up a huge Boston sports fan, grew up in Connecticut. So it was either you're a New York fan or you're a Boston fan for the most part. My dad, is a New York fan, but my cousins kind of got me to be a Boston fan when I was really, really young. So I started watching Boston sports teams on my own at a pretty young age, but always been a big UConn basketball and football fan too. So that's kind of what sparked my interest in sports. So then went to Ithaca College um, for a degree in media, essentially, and then wanted to go into the sports field. So I started working at ESPN in August 2018. And then I launched Boston Balling early December of 2020, which is super exciting. It hasn't it hasn't been around for that long, only almost a couple months now, but it's been a very, very surprisingly successful show so far. It's gotten a pretty big following. Basically, I just cover the latest and everything going on in Boston sports. I've had some awesome guests come on the show to join me to talk about certain topics and basically just it's a weekly show and every week we just deliver 
the latest in in Boston sports. We we cover everything from the Celtics to the Bruins to the Red Sox to the Patriots. So it's a really good time. I'm glad I'm doing it. I started the show just to basically have my own platform to you know, voice my opinions on things going on in Boston sports and have other people join me and share their opinions on certain things also. So it's definitely really exciting. I'm glad that I started it and I hope to just continue to grow a following on it and just hope that it becomes more successful. No, that's fantastic. Nice. And I know I'm a big fan of the show. Um, I discovered it because funny story behind that. I, uh, you know, I tell Connor, my business partner, right? My, my 50, 50 business partner. Like I tell this guy basically what I ate for breakfast, when I will go to the bathroom, like everything <laughs> he needs to know about my life. All of a sudden I just see this tweet come out. So thrilled to be on Boston balling last night. Thank you so much for having me. And I was like, you think he could have, we could have promoted it. <laughs> you know, We could have, we could have done all this. So I click on it and you know, Gabby comes on and she's fantastic. And I hear that douchebag in the corner start talking about how he discovered me on Twitter. And, uh, now, that was a good yeah. discovery, right? Now we do this podcast together. So uh, I threw such a fit about it that Gabby had me on her show so I could go set the record straight for all her fans. And from what I understand, Sarah's joining the show soon. So it's uh, yes. thrilling. You're having the whole Dear Paz Nation crew on. No, we're really big fans. And guys, it's so everybody knows, uh, Sarah has – or I'm uh, sorry, not Sarah – Sarah's great, but Gabby has already superseded every guest that we've ever had on this show. Like I, I you should, she's got this star studded lineup. I don't know how the hell Connor and I ended up on this. I get Sarah. You know, I know. I don't get, and I don't get how you went first, Connor. That's the, that's the part that gets me. Welcome, right? Because he discovered you and created this entire thing. Hello. That's Thank what you. it is. Connor is, well, no, Connor told uh, Owen last night on the brains of the operation. Yep. hundred mm. percent. I think that we should Whoever take this Owen time. Is. Yeah, we should take this time to tell people if you don't like our YouTube content or the podcast, you don't have to watch it. Like it's oh yeah, oh yeah, I saw those tweets last night. You, you still can though. Feel 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 free to hit the like and subscribe button. Don't be afraid to donate. You're a that big was, fan. So. That was that was one of the most brazen like like knocks I ever got because like it wasn't even like like it wasn't even like shit talking. Like the guy literally just like. I don't enjoy your YouTube comment content. <laughs> I don't think it's good. Just completely unprovoked. And then I he wrote this. I saw that actually. Yeah, and like I don't think he understands what we do here, though, because he was like, "I don't think you actually watch film." I'm like, "I don't." That's why Lawrence breaks down film for us. <laughs> like, I, I probably tell the audience, Connor, what? Like, hey, Sarah, you, you've been around long enough too. Like, at least four times a week, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, it's it's so I was confused. He deleted the tweets, so we won. We killed him with kindness. Wow. I appreciated him for his honesty. And he deleted the tweets. That's always right. a good strategy. They hate that. Let's not waste Gabby's time since she's given up her Friday night for us. Not like you guys got anything to do as we all live through this yeah, I uh, don't. global <laughs> pandemic and all. It's okay though. You guys will get your shot soon, and I'll still have to wait two and a half years because that's the pace we're on right now in, in good old Canada. Gay free health care. But let's talk some football. So Mac Jones talked with and met with the Patriots scouts over at the Senior Bowl. Now that means nothing because they talked to almost every player at the Senior Bowl. Jim McBride said that Alabama quarterback Mac Jones said he met with the Patriots scouts here at the Senior Bowl. 
and he enjoyed it and they asked really good questions so i'm happy to know that patriot scouts ask really good questions but as you know we don't really care what the story is we care what the reaction to the story is so here's one of the reactions it says if available very good fit with the patriots offense he's accurate and a good decision maker both crucial to the pats offense obviously are obviously played at high levels for his top competition in the sec Saban, Belichick, easy transition. He's not an athletic runner, but he can throw well when on the run. Good character. FITS fits. Gabby, what do you know about Mac Jones, and do you think that he'd be a fit for the Patriots offense? Yeah, you know, I think there were a lot of people when he was in college that were saying it was more the weapons around him and that he might not be, you know, a really good quarterback and that he was kind of set up for success because of the weapons that he had around him. But he did play really, really well in that national championship game. And I'm really pleased with what I did see from him. And, you know, I think that if they do decide to go for him, I think that that would be a good fit for the Patriots. I think that they're in a situation where they're, they really do need to think about long-term and what is going to benefit this program. And it almost is better if, they don't go for a veteran quarterback for right now just because, you know, that veteran quarterback is going to run out of time too. And now that they don't have Brady anymore and they're in a transition period as it is where they find themselves having to rebuild, especially in other areas and other positions, I think it might be beneficial for them to consider drafting a young quarterback like a Mac Jones that they can train into the system to start that rebuild process earlier. So I do, I, I would like that move if they do decide to draft Mac Jones because I think that he has a lot of talent and he was trained in a really good Alabama program. So I think that if he comes over here, I think he could learn a lot early and he could adapt to what the Patriots have going over there and, and, and the environment. And yeah, it might take a couple years for them to really make a Super Bowl run if they do draft him and they draft a lot of young players and they try to start a rebuild. But at the same time, if you look at that from the other standpoint, they'll be much better set up for long-term success if they were to do that. I got to say, I'm not used to being on this show, hearing people say that the Patriots shouldn't go after a veteran quarterback and, and should bring in a young quarterback. I'm used to my crew and the audience and everybody telling me that, well, right now it's Deshaun Watson. But uh, Sarah, like, what's your response to that? And, and this obviously, this isn't a controversial show. We're not trying to start a fight here. But uh, what's your response to that? Because we've all kind of been like, yeah, they need a veteran quarterback. And we brought in Gabby, who I... I threatened before she came on the show not to outshine us. She has outshined us now. <laughs> so, uh, but what's what's your response to that? Do you agree, or do, would you like to see the Patriots go after, as you, we've been preaching, uh, to go mm -hmm. after a veteran quarterback? I mean, I think I would prefer probably a bridge quarterback at least. Um, but I I don't know that I would be mad about starting a rookie I just don't know that it's something that Belichick would do like we've talked about before just we're not sure that he wants to be around for the rebuild like he probably wants to try and be successful like right now so if that is the case then I don't see him starting a rookie but yeah I mean I would probably prefer a veteran but it, it, it depends on who the veteran is too because it's either going to be you know they're around for a year or two or it's going to be someone maybe like closer to 30 like if we're talking about Jimmy G since he's another name that's been around like he has a longer career ahead of him than like a Stafford or something so um, I think it depends really but I wouldn't be mad about Mac Jones from what I've heard it's great people want him makes sense that they talk to him he could fall to 15 fall to 15 so 
Yeah. Well, let's learn a little bit more about Mac Jones because I think it's important that we educate the audience on how good his That's game true. is and what he does. So <laughs> we're going to bring in our resident draft expert, Connor Carney, to uh, give his breakdown. You guys really want to know about Daniel Mac Jones? Jones. Or Mac, Mac Jones, Jones yes. different than different than Daniel Jones, although they're very similar in the fact that they both play quarterback and that they're both young. Um, Mac Jones, though, when he throws the ball accurately, I think he's one of the best passers in the NFL. When he throws it inaccurately is where he'll run into problems. So if he starts throwing the ball inaccurately in the future in the NFL, man, he's really going to struggle. But if he's able to throw it accurately and complete a lot of passes, I think he's going to be very successful. Oh, very. Well, now, what what could be like, what could really hinder his career, Connor? Like if he was going to have a big issue, what would hinder his career? Interceptions, incomplete passes, uh, fumbling the football, taking too many sacks and getting injured. I, I would see that being a hindrance to him. Definitely. Okay. And just mm-hmm. out of curiosity, how many games did you watch Mac Jones play? Uh, probably about one and a half. Very good. Very good. Yep. Expert so you're, analysis. You're, you're pretty in on him. Um, yeah. I, also somebody... think, I mean, I also think a lack of weapons too. I mean, they do need to get weapons for whatever quarterback they do have, whether that is Mac Jones or a veteran quarterback or whoever it ends up being. They, there needs to be some sort of, they need to do something about the other offensive positions because yeah, I mean, obviously Cam Newton really isn't the solution, but there's, they need to fix a lot of the other offensive positions and whatever quarterback they do bring in needs to have weapons. So if they don't really fix any of that and just get a quarterback that they can bring in, whatever quarterback that is, isn't going to be productive unless they address some of the other offensive positions as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I've been Definitely. big on that. I've been somebody who's been screaming that this team, even if they got Deshaun Watson, this team wouldn't be ready. Like it's, they're more than Deshaun Watson. They're more than a quarterback away. Yeah. All right. So Gabby, I'm going to start with you because I'm going to give you this next comment that somebody made and throw it by you because you were the one who said, you know, don't, I don't want to see them bring a veteran quarterback or rather than just go with a young guy like Mac Jones. Somebody said this scenario though, and I want to know your thoughts on it. He said, Bring Jimmy G home for the second. Take Mac at, or so let's trade him for a second round pick is what he's saying. Yeah. Take Mac at 15. Fuck it. Give Mac a year or two at most to learn the offense. Take a solid linebacker at third. Shoot for D and O-line later in the draft. Sign a wide receiver and tight end and a run stopper. Maybe draft a wide receiver and we have a team again. What do you think to that plan by, I, I don't write down who makes the comments. So what do you think about that plan? So they're saying draft Mac Jones, but also bring Jimmy Garoppolo in? Bring Jimmy, yeah. Bring Jimmy Garoppolo in and let him play, be, Mac Jones play behind him for a couple of years. And then Mac Jones become the new quarterback in two years. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to that idea. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's name has been tossed around a lot when it comes to the Patriots quarterback position. And I think that, with him being a quarterback that already is familiar with the Patriots system and the coaching. And we already know Belichick's feelings about Jimmy G and, and kind of how everything went down when he was traded. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that idea because he has more experience in the league. I do worry about injuries with him, but if they do have him and they draft Mac Jones as a solid backup, I don't really think that would be an issue because then while Jones is, is learning the system, then they have Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. Once Jones is ready to start, they could start him. But then, and then if Jimmy G gets injured or it becomes unreliable, at least they have a solid backup that's not Jared Stidham that can take over. So I really, that thought process, I think I could definitely get behind. I think it's just a matter of if they execute that the right way and they 
address everything the way that they need to address it. I think that that could actually work if they do, if they go about it the right way and they have Jimmy G starting until Mac Jones is, is really ready to be an NFL caliber quarterback. Sarah, what do you think of that plan? I don't hate it, but I would want to see too, because uh, uh, Jimmy has a pretty big contract. So I'd want to see how long his contract is still around for. Um, Because I mean, if we're saying like two years max, then it's kind of like, is it worth trading for him and paying him all that money? If we're just going to then like be like, okay, thanks in two years. Um, Cause I, I remember when he signed his contract, I would have to look and see what it is, but um, it was the biggest of all the quarterbacks at the time. So let's see. Um, yeah, it, it's big, but I think that it, see the thing is that's why I'm opposed to trading for Jimmy Garoppolo because I think you're bringing yeah. on about twenty three to twenty five million dollars this year. Whereas we know that yeah twenty four yeah Sam, but if they release him, I think it's only like a like they, a five million dollar cap. They're gonna cap. cut him, I think. I think they're gonna cut him for sure. I yeah, I think they're looking for a quarterback. If they cut him, I think, I think, I think it market. says two point eight. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nothing. That's yeah. nothing. They're gonna save what, like twenty one million. So I, I'd rather wait to see if they cut them before you yep. bring them on. Connor, what do you think of that plan? Bring back Jimmy. Bring on Mac Jones. Yep. Bring on a um, linebacker. That's act. That's actually a good plan. Outside of the trading for Jimmy G, I have no interest in trading for him. Um, just because of the contract, and I wouldn't really want to give that much up for him. I think they are going to cut him because it's going to cost them way less to cut him than it is to keep him. Um, I think Jimmy G probably will become a Patriot, and I've been saying a lot, I want a veteran and then somebody else for the future. I don't know if it will be Mac Jones. The only thing that's tough there is they have a lot of issues to address, so to use that pick at 15 on a quarterback while they get Jimmy G, I don't know if it would be counterproductive, but at some point they have to take a quarterback as well. So would you? And I want to. I just wanted to say he's a free agent in twenty twenty three. So it would be the two years of Jones behind him if that were to happen. Yeah. If they traded for him, if they release him, then he's got no contract. Then it's yeah, correct. Yes. So Connor, would you rather see the Patriots use that first in like a defensive tackle, like a big nose tackle that can actually stop the run, or an interior linebacker who can actually stop the run, or potentially Pitts if he's there. I think that could be See, a good pick. You know what I mean? Would, there's, there's a lot of that 15 that, that they could get. I've started putting my big board together. Yeah. And um, and people are laughing because they know my, my college, you know, repertoire is nothing <laughs> outside of Ohio State. But I've actually been doing my research, and Kyle Pitts is ahead of everybody on my board. Obviously, like, Trevor Lawrence is ahead of them, but I don't even have them on my big board because I know they're not going to fall. Him, Justin right. Fields, Trey Lance, they're not yep. going to fall to the Patriots. The only way the Patriots get one their hands on one of those three guys is if Belichick trades up. And I'm telling you right now, if Belichick trades up for Justin Fields, oh, my, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Gabby, I'm an Ohio State fan, okay? Like, I am the Ohio State. They're back in the oh, Dino, guys, just so you know. They were the for a while after the Alabama game. Now they're the Ohio State Me. again. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of the Buckeyes, and I've just said I do not – I don't think Justin Fields is going to translate into the NFL. The same way I said Dwayne Haskins wasn't going to translate into the NFL, I don't want to see it. Uh, Connor, before we get into the uh, the comments, and I'm sure you've been looking at them and you've got some good I have ones some up. ready to go. Um, Gabby, I did want to ask you, because so you do work for ESPN, right? So, like, you're mm-hmm. actually, like, you know, a real sort of sports media person, unlike us. We're the fake ones over here. And um, okay. How does it feel working for the sports organization as a Patriots fan, knowing that 99% of Patriot fans hate the organization that you work for? Yeah, it's not fun. Um, 
you know, you just have to kind of block out that type of stuff and just do your job the way you're supposed to do your job. And sometimes that means kind of taking a hit when it comes to your own fan base, basically bashing the organization that is ESPN. However, <laughs> at the same time, I have had a lot of people that are Patriots fans that said that they appreciate the work that I do for ESPN and that they appreciate being able to even land a role there in the first place. And that there's, you know, some people understand how difficult it is to be able to be in the positions that we're in at that type of network. So there's a lot that needs to be covered and a lot of different sports and a lot of teams that we need to cover and a lot of, you know, the on-air talent, it's it's a little bit different game with them and, and, and ter- in terms of the things that they talk about and everything else. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that I think go on. But when I hear people from my own fan base, you know, kind of bash the organization, it's definitely hard to see that stuff. But at the same time, I it's never an attack on me personally. So I try to just not let it get to me and just do my job when I'm supposed to do it. So I got to ask the burning question. That's definitely in my mind. It's got to be in others. Have you met Seth Wickersham? No, I haven't. No? No. He's never Did really you? around, to be honest. And and especially with the pandemic, nobody's really even on campus now in the first place. And a lot of the people that we have that you see um, aren't always really around the Bristol campus as much as you would think they are. Okay, I have other questions, but I'm going to ask you off air because I don't want to get you in trouble with your job. So. <laughs> uh, guys, we need to take – oh, no, let's do the comments first. No, no, let's do this first. Guys, we're going to get your okay. comments in one second, but we got to take a quick pause for the cause. I did it right. First try. Ladies and gentlemen, Deer Pats Nation is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. And we got to hear from our other sponsors, who is the Rocky Mountain Barber Company's direct competitor. For some reason, they both sponsor us. We are also brought to you by Manscaped.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from Manscaped.com. And use the promo code RAYROUTE and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at Manscaped.com. You know, Connor, they both know that they sponsor us. Yep. They know that their ads come back to back with each other. And I always just wonder, like, if it, it has to bother them, no? Like, that we're just advertising direct competitors right beside each other? Maybe they're just confident. They want the competition. You know, they want to go head to head, best versus the best, right? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to admit, most of my products come from Manscaped. I'm not going to lie. I'm not okay. going to lie. Most of my products come from Manscaped. I'm actually um, wearing a Manscaped shirt under this, I think. So, are you? shout out to I'm them. Wearing, I think I'm wearing Manscaped underwear. So, we're nice. Good to go. And uh, <laughs> it's getting spicy on the pot. Any, anyways, <laughs> you don't understand how often Connor and I discuss our undershirts and underwear. On this <laughs> show and I'm going to tell you right now, if you know anybody who needs a pair of boxer shorts, I don't care if you're a man, woman, whatever it may be, there is no, and I'm not even just, I have always said, I, I'm not being, I am being paid to say this, but I'm not being paid to say this. There is no pair of boxer shorts more comfortable than manscaped.com. They're absolutely Touché. phenomenal. I've said it on different people's podcasts before. Yep. I should have said it on WEEI. Imagine the bonus we could have got if I would have just like Touché. dropped it. 
Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, only imagine? issue there is that they're also a sponsor of Benz. <laughs> but could you imagine, though, that they're just like, uh, so, Ray, how do they fix the Patriots? And I'm like, Manscaped.com has the best underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Use the promo code Ray Rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connor, do we got, do we have some, uh, we got some. We got some comments? donations to kick off here. Oh, we got the donations. first one from our boy, Ross. Shout of out to Ross. Whoa, Thank you, sir. Yeah, buddy. Y'all think the Patriots elitist portion of the fan base would still be around if they had to live through the early years through Grogan Flutie and the coaching turnovers. By the way, welcome Gabby. Um, he actually tweeted this to me and he showed me a yeah, picture. Did you see that? And at yeah. one point I responded to him, the Patriots went nine and 39. So God bless whoever lived through that, man. That is horrendous. <laughs> they must've been the worst team in the NFL. They must've been like the Jacksonville Jaguars are right now. Until 1993, the Patriots were so irrelevant in the NFL. We all know what happened in 1993. Drafted mm-hmm. their franchise quarterback who lost their job to their, you know, the greatest of all time. But, you know, until they brought in Drew Bledsoe, I mean, they, they somehow ended up in the Super Bowl in 1986. Yeah. it's Look, I always talk about this. I, and I, it's one of the funniest stories. My dad, back in 2001, heading into the playoffs when the whole Brady versus Bledsoe debate. Brady always seems to be in a debate. It's always Brady versus somebody. But the Brady versus Bledsoe debate. And my dad's saying, this Belichick's an idiot. He needs to be fired. You've got (laughs) Drew Bledsoe, your franchise quarterback, and he's playing this Brady bum, you know, over him (laughs) into the playoffs. And, And to this day, my dad will tell you that Bledsoe got them to the Super Bowl. Because he <laughs> kind of that, because he played in that AFC Championship game, but uh, and he believes that Bledsoe would have beat the Rams. Uh, it's but Bledsoe was a blo- I had a Bledsoe jersey. He was a beloved figure amongst Patriot fans. Ask anybody mm-hmm. who grew up in the Bledsoe era, like I did. Drew, like Drew, it was tough watching Drew Bledsoe. Trust me, I wasn't sitting there cheering for Tom Brady at the time. I was like, when is Drew Bledsoe coming back? And then you just kind of saw this Tom Brady kid turn into Tom Brady, and now he's the Tom Brady the man and. He's phenomenal. Uh, Gabby, what do you think? Could, could, uh, I don't know, Gabby, you look young enough that you grew up in the Brady era. Am I correct or incorrect? You are correct. Yes. Do you think you could have handled the Patriots back in a nine and 39, uh, you know, total win seasons? You know, I can't really speak for a lot of the fan base, but I can speak for myself and, you know, I feel like it would be a, serious struggle but i always find that i've been loyal to my team so for me personally i know i would have been able to do it but as for some other people that might be kind of iffy that are just kind of like you know we're the patriots that started to fall off a little bit this season in particular and i can think of some specific people in my head right now that we're kind of like that those types of people definitely i don't think would be able to handle it unless they're they're winning because there's there's specific people that you know weren't used to seeing the Patriots play the way that they did this year and go seven and nine. So that's, that's the people that were part of that group that couldn't really handle that definitely wouldn't be able to handle it. But people like me would definitely be able to handle it just because they're my team. And I can't imagine rooting for anybody else, even if they do struggle. And even if we do get into this period, like we were talking about earlier of a rebuild and some frustration, I would never give up on the Patriots. That just, I I just don't do that with my teams. I always forget that I'm on this podcast with a bunch of kids. I always, I know Connor <laughs> looks older than me, but I'm, I know I'm, I'm the old man in this group. I'm, I, you're not that much older than me though. Yeah, but I'm old enough. You're only four years older than me. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of difference <laughs> between that Connor. Let's next buddy. 
I'd just like to say also for me, it would be no problem because I'd convince myself they're going to go 12 and four the next season after going three and 13. So um, another donation here. This is from love vibration nation. Thank, Thank you very you, much, sir. sir. He says, yes, Ross. My first game as a kid was the Mossy to Tupu. I'm probably saying that wrong. Snowball. For those who know real fans, BB is going to have us back next year. Bandwagon fans. I think that says poop emoji. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your uh, your donation. You're older than me, yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's I. I believe it's Marco who's a fan of us. They could all be fans of us, but Marco's a fan of us. Love Vibration Nation, by the way, has offered us up some licensed music. Which shout is out phenomenal. to them. And mm-hmm. you guys think this guy's just like this is just some YouTube guy? Like they've been like nominated for Grammys and everything else. Like this is a serious organization. So we appreciate you showing support. Absolutely. DMs me on Instagram all the time. I'm awful with getting back to him. I apologize for that. I read them and I'm like, oh, I'll answer it <laughs> later. And then like a month later, I start answering something from a month ago that's not even relevant anymore. But love Vibration Nation. I love love Vibration Nation. <laughs> yeah, buddy. What's next, Connor? We got one here from IF3ARHD. I'm sure. I feared. I, I think fear that, HD. I fear. I fear HD. I think that means it says, I say bring Trubisky in for a season and bring in weapons. <laughs> Ray's going home. He's going upstairs. Uh, I'm going to pass this, this off is why, to you too. See, this is why I'm here, though, because then I can translate the keyboard talk for nice. all of you oldie grandpas should, we here. We need somebody there, right? Connor mm-hmm. is younger you than think? you. I know. I know, I know no he doesn't look it. I know. I know he doesn't look it. But when I'm I like told, trendy and stuff, you know, when, like when I'm I hip to, with the kids. When I told my wife that Connor was younger than me, she's like, no, he's not. And I'm like, God damn, God damn I'm it. like that motherfucker's not even 30 yet. When, I, when I'm 40, people are going to think I'm 70. You know what, though? I have gotten, I'm going to be honest with you, younger looking as I've gotten older. Like I was in my 20s. People thought I was in my 40s. That gives now me hope. Like, now that I'm in my 30s, like mid 30s, people think like, "Oh, you're like early 30s, right?" And I'm like, "Yes, early 30s, I am." That's you know, like people still think it. I'm a teenager. So nice, Gabby. How no. excited are you that you came on this show? Because this is like half our show. It's just us talking <laughs> nonsense. But what do you no. think about Trubisky coming to the Patriots? Yeah, I mean. I don't know. If you hate it, you can say it. <laughs> you don't if you hate nice. it, you can We're hate not it. Nice <laughs> on this show. I don't I, I don't really like that idea just because he hasn't really proven anything in Chicago to make me feel like I could be confident in his ability to perform well in New England. And I think that he's had opportunities there and I don't necessarily see a lot of confidence in him and especially when it comes to the postseason, that kind of is a reason why I would say this too, because he's the type of quarterback that hasn't delivered in crunch time. And I would be worried about falling to somebody like that and having to rely on a quarterback like him in crucial games in the playoffs. So I don't if they brought in Trubisky, I think I would be disappointed even if he had weapons around him, just because just with his history and what I've seen, I don't necessarily feel confident that that would really work. Connor, are you paying attention to what expert analysis sounds like? Yes. Are you taking notes? Yes, but I'd also like to bring this up right here. People like people like the people like the breakdowns. 
because they're they're wicked funny kid. They're wicked funny kid. And Mick McChicken also said that Connor's a boomer in spirit. So we, we <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate that. Connor, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, my kids call me what do they call that? A hipster, because hipster. I wear like. Yeah, I wear like like yeah. I'm like I wear skinny jeans and and joggers and like I have, I own more shoes than than anybody I know. Like all my shoes match my outfits and my hats have to like my ha- just so guy listen guys and I'm speaking directly to the guys for a second. Okay, hold <laughs> on. I'm gonna I gotta do this. No, I'm okay, gonna keep myself for- here because maybe oh, Sarah okay. and, and and Gabby can back me up on this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of men in this world who for some reason believe because they're men. They don't have to dress nice. They don't mm-hmm. have to match their clothes. They don't have to make sure their shoes match their clothes. As Connor looks around, <laughs> they don't have to make. They don't make. You know, they don't tame their beard. They don't make sure their hair is fresh. And they do this like put a little effort into it. It doesn't take much. You know, mm-hmm. like when I get out, when I get dressed, obviously the shirt has to go with the pants. Today I'm wearing red with black joggers, not like track pants joggers, like but joggers and then i got a red hat on so i wore red and black shoes to matt you know what i mean like everything's got a link everything's got to be a link in in what you do connor a little bit of effort yes. man is that little, what i'm missing a little cologne wear collared shirt every once in a while oh man if you got a button up don't just button it to here button it up you know, oh, why boy, it's called, i gotta i have a lot to learn it's why it's called the button up that drives me the craziest <laughs> when i see guys walking on their own like their shirts are on button to there i'm like dude like first of all i'm a wop i'm italian so i'm supposed to wear my shirt like that i'm like <laughs> it's called the button up button it you know like button it up anyways let's go on i should t- i feel like i should be taking notes let's go on to our next subject um or not oh, nope do we want to this one this is an easy, he's loading up to go to the playoffs. I say yes. Belichick? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I don't have any doubt that they'll be a playoff team next year just with, with Bill Belichick and just I know that he knows what needs to be done and, and he'll make adjustments. I really do feel like they'll be a playoff team next year. I don't necessarily think that they'll beat the Bills and win the division, but I do think that they'll be a playoff team. Well, and then I think people have to remember, even if they get into the playoffs as a wild card next season, uh, Tampa was a wild card. So if you want to compare Belichick and Brady, they were a fifth seed. So, I mean, they're going to try to, like, diminish Belichick by being like, oh, he's the wild card. Well, you know, Tampa's in the Super Bowl as a wild card. So Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. All right, Gabby. I get to do something that I never get to do on this show. Uh I get to talk about hockey. Because I I went on strike from watching hockey. I was a terrible Canadian. And I went on strike Mm -hmm. from 2011 till this season. I didn't watch a single hockey game. I watched the Olympics and I watched the World Juniors. That's the only hockey I watched. After that, it was 11 their last strike year. I think it was 11. I was so pissed. And then being from Toronto, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. All they talk about is freaking hockey here. Right? So I just got all hockey. But I'm back watching it. And I'm purposely no longer watching the Bruins because Gabby told me I can't. Because when I watch them, they don't score. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I didn't watch them yesterday. I watched the Bruins in 30 or whatever they call it this morning. Yeah, yeah. They won 4-1 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to ask you this, though, and and ask if I'm correct or not. And this was last night against the Penguins, but I've noticed this every game. 
every goal seems to come from the Bruins outworking the other team. Like every goal last night was started by the Bruins outworking Pittsburgh. Is there a harder working team? I got to be frank with everybody too. I'm not a, I'm not a Bruins fan. I just, because I cover Boston sports is why I watch them. So when I'm complimenting them, it's hard. Um, But I don't think that there's, is there a team that works harder than the Boston Bruins in the NHL right now? I honestly really don't think so. And I think a lot of that is because they know what their situation was coming into this season. They knew, they know they lost a couple of key players on defense and they know that they were missing Pasternak, who's, you know, their best scorer and, and coming into the season and coming out of the bubble, they know is, is, was going to be a big transition for them too. And there's a lot of young players on the team that needed to be acclimated to the system and to Garask coming back after opting out of the bubble. I think there was a lot of, a lot of circumstances this year that they knew that they had to work extra hard if they wanted to win games. And a lot of fans went into the season with not a lot of expectations for them. So um, I think that, that motivated them to work harder and they they do work really really hard and that is how they've been winning the games that they have and they are they i mean you know they've shown a lot of improvement over the last couple games but they really were not good at scoring on five on five regular five on five and it was really frustrating to watch for the first few games of the season but they've worked really really hard and there's a lot of things and circumstances that are making people doubt them this year, but they're showing a lot of promise. So I think that if people can just be patient, they might be more surprised than they would be because of just how hard they've been working this year. And they've just shown that they have that fire and will to want to win games and try to compensate for some of those missing key players. And now in fairness, out of the four goals last night, I believe one was shorthanded, right? Their second of the year. Yeah. And uh, one, was it a five-on-three or a four-on-three power play that? It was a five-on-three. It was a five-on-three power play, yeah. Yeah. So it's two goals still came on specialty. Which Their specialty is amazing. Well, they're and, good at scoring on the power plays. It's just the regular five-on-five, they still struggle. Yeah. But to me, what I liked about their game last night was they were putting the puck on net. And that's been a problem yeah. of mine. Like, I think, I can't remember what game it was now. But, oh, it was against Philly when they were out shooting the Flyers like 30-2 to two and were losing 2 nothing. Yeah. And then I, I stopped watching the third period, and they ended up winning in a shootout, like a yeah. 4-4 game. Yeah. But they were down 2 nothing in the second. But there, there was a 2-on-1, and Marchand passed it to Bergeron. And I was like, just shoot the puck. Like, just yeah. shoot it. Where yeah. last night, like, that second goal was really kind of fluky. But it was like, just put the puck on net. It can take a bounce. You know, Wayne Gretzky always said, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Um, great comment I saw last night, and I actually agree with this 100%. Craig Smith is an underrated free agent signing for the Bruins, is he not? 100%, yeah. I think he brings a lot to the table, and nobody talked about it. when he, And <clears throat> I think that he's one of those players that can really contribute a lot, and I think that people kind of just missed it because they were so focused on all the absences that this team has had, but he's definitely somebody that has a lot of talent and people just don't really, really pick up on that. I don't think, but he's definitely super underrated. And I, I'm always one of those people that was like, nobody's talking about this. What, like, why? Like he's, he's definitely somebody that I'm really high on that I think is going to do really good things for this team for sure. we going forward. Yeah. This team is fun. Like, you know, Brad Marshall is one of those guys you hate, unless he's on your team, right? Um, he's a pest. Yeah. yeah. But he sets up so many things just by his absolute work ethic. And I think like people always see him as like the the, the blue-collared hard worker, but he's full of skill too. And then 
uh, Bergeron, Canadian, just by the way, so everybody knows uh, both of them. But uh, Bergeron, I mean, I think it was his second goal last night. Like, that was just a snipe. Like, that's just they're, – they're, they still have scoring talent, and they don't have Pasta right now, right? And once Pasta's back, exactly. I mean, when Pasternak is back, that 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 scoring is going to improve even more. Uh, one person said, I know we say this every year, but the Bruins could win the Cup. And if you would have told me that before the season, I would have laughed at you because of, you know – the same thing you said, Ras coming back. How is he going to be accepted in the dressing room? Uh, which it seems to be the players have all just, you know, they, they all have been supportive of him, which was great to see. But how is he going to be treated? Char is gone, you know, and, and kind of those big moves. And yet they don't have Pasternak, and this team is looking like, damn, if they keep this going, they're on, what, a three-game win streak now or a four-game win streak? Four. They're four, yeah, they're four and one, right? They lost yeah. their first game, now they're four. And that was a – they lost with like 10 seconds left in overtime. So oh, yeah, was, that was really frustrating. Yeah, yeah, but they I don't they don't have a regulation loss yet, I don't believe. So it's they're like yeah. so they're really they're kind of like four Owen one, right? If you were to break it down that way, because that'd be the tie. Um I know it's early, it's very, very early to be saying this, but would you give them a chance to to be Stanley Cup contenders this year? You know, it's it's really early to say. I think I really do need to see what happens when Pasta does come back, because that is gonna make a huge difference uh, that defense is is looking better than I think we all thought they were going to be there's a lot of chemistry there I think that I would give them a chance I definitely do think they're going to be a playoff team I just feel like there's a lot of talent on some of the other teams in their division and I think that that might cause some problems as the season goes on I mean right now they're playing really well but it's just really really hard to say if that's going to continue for the rest of the season or not okay final question I don't think I've ever heard a Bruins fan say Pasternak, right? And I was just wondering why. <laughs> because, I mean, well, I think the nickname kind of helps with that too, with calling him Pasta. So that kind of naturally flows with his actual name, which is Pasternak. And, you know, all the commentators say it like that. So I think him having that nickname of Pasta yeah. exists for a reason and, and, Part of that is to help people actually pronounce his name right because that is how you say his name. And people know that. That's, that's kind of a known thing. Yep. Pasternak. And, uh, yeah, it's – yeah, I just always laugh because in Toronto, he's Pasternak, right? Yet in <laughs> Boston, he's pasta, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. just – it yeah, always is. Which is funny, yeah. It but always just makes me That's laugh. like a Bruins fan thing, though, the pasta thing. No, no, absolutely. That's what I was asking. I was just because yeah. here, it, like here, they don't say it, but I always say like even like our boy McChicken, we're in a group chat together, and he was like, "Oh, once Pasta's back, things are gonna get better." And I'm just like, "You guys never call him by his last name, you know?" <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody does. No, no, you're never gonna see a Bruins fan tweet his full name out. It's always gonna just be Pasta. All right, let's uh, let's go back to football. Yes. The audience is bored. These two can get back involved in the conversation. <laughs> I think McChicken's the only one enjoying this Bruins conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. He always is like, everyone gets quiet when it's not about football except for yeah. him. It's always <laughs> McChicken. Yeah, when we start getting into Celtics or we get into Red Sox, yeah, it just it goes quiet. McChicken is all-knowing, man. He mm -hmm. is. McChicken, like, we got it. Like, Connor, you got to start paying the kid, man. Yeah, he's an encyclopedia. Pay him, out of, pay him out of your half. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say I love the hockey talk, but... <laughs> oh yeah well i never get to do it like our hockey talk on here is me literally saying well the bruins lost last night or they won last night and then these two go 
Mm-hmm. I got nobody to ask questions for, and I'm mm-hmm. more of an interviewer, so I just move on to whatever's next. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Gabby yelled at me on Twitter to stop watching the game, so I won't watch the I Bruins did. anymore. I will only watch the Bruins in 30 uh, nice. the next day. <laughs> so uh, I'm also like, I've realized too, like watching sports, like the, like, like here I'll watch like the, the Canadians in 30, the Leafs in 30, the Bruins in 30. I watch like the Jays in 30, the Sox in 30. That's the best way to watch sports. Yeah. Like, my attention span is getting so brutal now. Like a football game that's like fo- like the Super Bowl. It's going to be a five-hour night, right? Like for me, Yeah, two but and the halftime hours... show is going to be oh. It's going to be awesome. Sick. You guys yeah. big fans of the weekend? Yes, I want to yeah. marry him. Nice. Do you? Well, it's my future, future husband. That'd, That'd be pretty Canadian. sweet. He's got good. a lot of money. Good I'll be kid. future Mrs. Weekend. Good Canadian kid. <laughs> I like that. It has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Thank you. See, see, the best part of the Super Bowl is Canadian. So we're good to go. <laughs> it's true. No, yeah. I think it's a great game. I really do. It so. is. It could be. But the Patriots could have been in it. And for me, I would have sat there and went, this is a five and a half hour night. Like for me, like two and a baseball is the worst for me. Like when we're three hours into a baseball game and we're in the seventh inning, I'm mm. like, and I know that we're now getting to the long part of the game. Because yeah. like sometimes you could get to the seventh inning in an hour and ten minutes, and it still turns into a three and a half hour game because oh, seven, yeah. eight, nine takes. I I actually love the new rule, like no lefty specialists. Like the Yankees are the worst to watch, really. Like because it's like they have a pitcher for everybody. You know, it's like all right, we're gonna bring in this guy to face him. We're gonna bring in this guy to face Ortiz. Right? There was. I'm gonna be honest with you. The Connor, you and I talked about this. The outside of Peyton versus Brady. The best rivalry in sports was that early or that early 2000 Red Sox Yankees, like especially, you know, when Pedro knocked out Don Zimmer and then, you know, the, the three, nothing comeback by the Sox and just, you know, everything, all the back and forth, but oh my God, though, first of all, the Red Sox come up to bat. That was just no Magasia para. <laughs> Comb their hair. <laughs> right? Then the pitcher throws a pitch. And that's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They're like, oh. So he finally gets him out. Then, I don't know, Euclid comes up. And as he's. I'm watching Joe Torrey come out. Like, oh, now they're changing the pitcher. The pitcher comes <laughs> in. That's good. Right. The Red Sox have no pitchers to go to this year, right. though. So it should move along way but quicker for them. Then they, then they strike out Euclid. I'm like, all right, oh, here comes David Ortiz, which was slow as hell, too. He didn't go like this, but he stood outside the box, and that was, that was Ortiz's move. Lines up. Oh, no, yep. got to bring in the, the – or, yeah, no, Ortiz was a lefty. Got to bring in the lefty, and it's like, oh, my God, they've made three. I love this now that you have to face three batters. I really do, Connor. I really yeah. love it. It'll help move the game along. It Back definitely will. Back in the will. day, pitchers pitch nine innings. Yeah. You know, nine innings. Now they have openers. Yep. Almost <laughs> never. You almost never see someone pitch the whole game anymore. Wow. You, you yeah, already... no, it's really rare, actually, to have a pitcher go. You hard, like, you're starting to get to the point now where starters aren't even pitching the first inning. They have their opener, then their starter, you know, yep. then and then the seven guy, and then the eight, eight, eight guy, yeah, and then the closer. Open. 
guy is, is crazy now. That was that that's a pretty new thing too. That you didn't really see that till recently either. Just having an opener come out and pitch the first inning. That's yeah. that, that's is that Oakland. Thing. I think Tampa, that Tampa that? Bay. I yeah. did it yeah. too. Kind of started that idea, and then everybody else copied it. Yeah, because didn't what did o- Oakland had like dual starters, right? Where they'd have like one guy pitch yeah. half the game and the other guy pitched because they had, they had like eight starters on the team. So instead yeah. of putting four to the bullpen, they put like four of them. They put like eight of them together. Like their two, three, four, five pitchers were two guys. So one guy would like pitch the first four, the next guy would pitch the next four. Then you'd bring in the closer, and then like they yeah. had their cl- their closer and their setup man were like would switch to who's going to close. Yeah. Uh, no, it's so strange. It, it's strange how they do it now because a lot of things have changed over the last few years, especially when it comes to baseball and pitching. It's really, it's really weird, honestly, to watch games now. When it what, comes- do you guys, what do you guys think of the shift? I'm all right with it because sometimes it works against them. I love when a guy just like yeah. when Ortiz would just like drop a bunt down the third base line when yep. like where where the third baseman would be at second base and he would just. Here's Ortiz. You're expecting to hit a home run. He'll just bunt it to 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 shortstop, and there's it's nobody. A, it's there. a free hit there. It's a free single. Yeah, I like I actually kind of like it. Well, depending on who it's benefiting. If it's benefiting my team, I like it. But it's you know, I mean, it's 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 a good idea because they'll 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 use the shift for certain hitters. So it's kind. Of, I mean, it's kind of nice because like if you if you just aim that way and you hit the ball straight down that way, that's like Connor said, that's a free hit. Well, and that's why you could never put a shift on a guy like Derek Jeter because no, he, he no. could literally place the ball anywhere on the field that he wanted. So if you shifted in any direction, he would just put the ball the other way. Um, I just feel like they've taken the least complicated sport in the world and made it complicated in so many different ways. You know, like it really is. Like baseball is the purest, most simplistic sport in the world to play. And yet the major leagues have just made it so complicated with – with with like having nine different pitchers in a game and one's an opener, one's a closer, one's a two, three, four, one's a five, six, and you got your seven, your eight, and you know, and then your your lefty specialist, your righty specialist, or used to be your submarine guy, but there's not many of them. Speaking of which, Darren O'Day signed with the Yankees, or he's gonna sign with the Yankees, I think. Um he's uh yeah. He's got a weird arm. He's got a weird drop in his pitch, Darren O'Day. Anyways, let's get back to football. Sorry, Sarah. I I, I don't even know how we got onto this subject. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna blame Gabby. <laughs> how a- much leverage do the Texans have in the Deshaun Watson trade? And I'm gonna be honest. Up until now, I think that at least us on this show, it was gonna cost a fortune for for Deshaun Watson, right? Actually. I, Gabby, I'll ask you before I even go into this. What do you think if, and I'm not talking to the Patriots, I'm just in general, what would it cost a team to get Deshaun Watson? A lot. You know, I mean, especially now, I think a lot changes now that they came out and said they have no, that they don't want to trade him and that they have every interest in keeping him. I think they're going to try to get a lot for him. And I think that that changes the cards a lot. And, you know, he's going to be even more frustrated than he already was. Now that they're saying they want to keep him there. So I think that whoever does go after him is going to have to be willing to give up a lot. And I know he had said that he wants to go to the Jets. So who who knows what they would have to give up to get somebody like Deshaun Watson. But I think if you are investing your time in making a trade for Watson, you're going to have to be prepared to give up a lot. And, and whatever that means 
for your team and your situation. Now that they said that they don't plan on trading him, I don't think they're going to rush into trading him unless they get something that they deem as worthy to get him for. Okay. So Dan, or I can never say this guy's name, Orlovsky, <laughs> which I got, I got. Yeah, I got insulted for that last night too, Connor, for not being able to say last names, right? Uh, people are always upset about that. The best part is, though, is like people are like, that's not how you say his name. I'm like, I know. I learned how to say his name properly. I'm just going to say it. Like, McChicken literally sent me how to say Nick Cesario, like how yeah. to actually say Cesario. And I just refuse to say it because I know it irritates people. Like, yeah. you saw it. You were in the group chat. Like, he phonetically, he did a voice recording and phonetically sounded it out to me. And I said it to you, and you're like, yeah, that's right. And then we got on the show, and I was like, Nick Cesario. <laughs> I know how to say it, but fuck all of you. Anyways, he says, if I was Dave Gentleman of the New York Giants, I would take Daniel Jones. I would take Saquon Barkley. I would take three first-round picks, and I would call Houston. And I was like, Whew. That's a that's lot. A yeah, that's a lot. I don't know but if that would be worth it. Let me tell you something that Tanya Ray Fox put out. And I'm very hit and miss with her and what she says, right? Like, sometimes I think she's brilliant. Other times I swear she's trolling. Like, I can never figure it out. But what she wrote today was a lot. It made a lot of sense. She said, I know everyone thinks it's going to take this much to get Deshaun Watson, but I just feel like it won't. How do you ask for a starting quarterback, the second overall pick in 2018 and three first rounders for a quarterback that everyone knows has you backed into a corner? You've lost the leverage. Mm -hmm. And I think if general managers play this right and don't start getting into stupid bidding wars over each other, you really could back Nick Cesario. Cesario. <laughs> into a corner where he can't get three first round picks because they know Watson wants out, right? Like there's the leverage. It's not like, Hey, we want to move this guy or we'll keep him. No, he doesn't want to play in Houston. Like he doesn't want to be there. He's demanded a trade. Does she, this, does Tanya make sense when she says that I'll start with uh, you, Sarah, like does Tanya make sense when she says that the Texans have lost some of their leverage when trading Watson? I think so, because the longer that they wait to trade him to, the worse the situation is going to get. And then they're going to want if I mean, he's going to want out regardless. It seems it seems like there's nothing that they're going to be able to do to change his mind. And they're going to need a quarterback. So with the draft coming up, they're going to have to decide, are we going to draft a quarterback? Are we going to try and trade Watson and get a quarterback in return? So, I mean, they're going to have to figure it out quickly. But, you know, they don't want to get towards the season and start without a quarterback. So. Um, it's going to come down to probably just needing to get rid of him and whatever the best offer is at that time, they're just going to have to take it. Because, I mean, I think that people are also going to want to give up eventually too. They might come to Houston and say, you know, we'll give you this, this, and this. And then the draft is coming around and it's like, okay, well, they need to figure it out. Are you giving us Watson? Are you not? What are we going to do in the draft? Or what are we going to do in free agency? Gabby, I'll give you last word on this, Connor. What do you uh, do? You think that they've lost leverage? Do you think it's still going to cost a fortune? Uh, I don't know. After seeing what Nick Cesario said today, I have to look more into it because I I don't know what happens if they just keep him. Is his only option to retire? Do you Do you guys know? Because uh, 
if they just outright refuse to trade him, what what does he do? Is well, it he either could, he retires or he plays for the Texans? Well, he could sit out and not get mm-hmm. paid. And then I think yep. I saw the way they could punish him. It's like they could they could fine him ninety five thousand dollars and for missing camp, and then something yep. like sixty eight thousand dollars a day that he doesn't show up to training camp. I think once you get into the regular season, they can't find you anymore. It's only during. But camp then the, that... they won't pay you your game day checks. I presume if you're not no. playing, right? You won't get right. game day checks either. Yeah. And if, so essentially he'd have to somewhat yeah. retire almost. Well, but right? if he retired, he I think he's got to pay them back like $23 million or something like that as well. Okay. Well, and then wouldn't he still like he couldn't just come out of retirement because he would still be under contract? Kind of like wouldn't it be yeah, kind of like what, what happened with Gronk? Like he yeah. came out of retirement, but then he was yeah, still but- under contract and that's how they traded him. Yeah. To, yeah, that's exactly what it'd be. But to me, is at the end of the day, if a guy doesn't want to play for you, he won't play. I mean, we watched what was it, Melvin Gordon do it in? Is it Melvin Gordon do it in? Uh, Melvin Gordon, yeah, he did in it in uh, San Diego, LA, or LA, San Diego. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I think he came back week six or something like that. We watched Le'Veon Bell sit out the entire season. Now that's yep. always over contracts and money. Uh, I believe that Stephon Gilmore, no matter where he is, is going to sit out until he gets a new contract. He's not going to play. I think he's only going to get like $7 million in cash this year. He's going to want more than that. Um, so Watson could sit out, but yeah, he's going to get fined and he's going to he's going to lose game checks and all that other stuff. Gabby, what do you think? Do the, the Texans still have the leverage or did, has Watson kind of backed him into a corner a little bit? Yeah, no, I definitely feel like he did back them into a corner basically by just saying, look, like, I don't want to play for this organization anymore. I have no interest in being here. So you take that how you will and, and do what you want with it. But I'm not playing here essentially is, is kind of, I feel like what he was getting at. So it almost is now like they don't have a choice. And I mean, they, when they say like, you know, we have no interest in trading him you know, there's that to me is saying, yeah, we really don't want to trade him. So if you if you want him, you better offer something good. But if they do have that mindset, then they need to have some sort of backup plan in case they end up deciding not to trade him or they feel like nobody's offering enough for him. And what would that backup plan essentially be? Because it doesn't seem like they really have one right now. And they, I think they it seems to me like they're just riding on just not trading him and then he's just going to do what he wants regardless. So I really feel like they have to just, you know, think about what could be a reasonable trade situation for them and what they would be okay with accepting because it's it's better for them to get something from it and trade him and take what they think is maybe the best deal at the time than just not, not do anything and then just lose him essentially on the playing field, but then you're not getting anywhere because you didn't get anything for it. No, and I agree with you. And this is a completely different situation, but prior to trade deadline this year, there was actually a moment in time that Connor and I were having a conversation. And I said that I believe the Patriots could trade Stephon Gilmore to the saints for Michael Thomas and a first round draft pick because of Michael Thomas's issues he was having there and a first round pick. With Should have done Gilmore, it. Well, with Gilmore's situation now, A, injury, B, everybody who knows who's taking him is going to have to renegotiate a salary. The Patriots can't do it because they'll get stuck with the dead cap. I would not be shocked at all if the Patriots only got like a – I've been saying a second, but I wouldn't be shocked if all of a sudden we heard Stephon Gilmore is traded for a third because Belichick has zero leverage when it comes to Stephon Gilmore trades right now. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 
I want to talk about too the the funny uh, text today. Ray, you retweeted one that is still making me laugh every time I think about it about the limo driver for Belichick and all the conversation he supposedly heard about Belichick wanting to trade uh, for Watson. And I just saw another one that I missed earlier, but I can't find it now. But they were claiming this limo driver, mind you. There's Bill always riding in a limo. Yeah. um, (laughs) Was claiming that he said that he was going to trade a couple first rounders and Gilmore for Watson. That's the rumor. But I was laughing at the one that you tweeted about with the other guy. That was Well, first of all, the, the guy who texted them. Spelt it Deshaun D S H A W N. Yes. Deshaun. Yes. Um now the Connor, what's Mo saying? That's where we could get our, our most out. Yeah, I know. Where's Mo right? where's Mo channel? He's yeah, he's probably already saying? knows what's going oh, on. Oh yeah. Our number one source for yep. everything sports related. He's um, now he's saying the Patriots aren't interested in Deshaun. They're going after Aaron Rodgers. Oh mm. <laughs> that's what Mo's saying. <laughs> I don't. I just feel like there's just. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the situation because there's obviously just not at all of an agreement between the two sides. So it's just. It, mm-hmm. I think it's really going to come down to, you know, are they stubborn enough to just not trade him because they don't want to, and then just see what how he reacts to that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause, so mm-hmm. Houston could get everything they wanted, and he could just say no. Yes, I'm that's true. No, really. Well, and, and then the no trade clause was something that he had to have asked for too, which makes his life even that much more difficult. So it's like you signed this contract extension at the beginning of the season, and now you want out, but you probably so, like purposely asked for the no trade clause, and now you're like, I want out. It's like, oh, that sucks, bro. Well, no, but this is so that's why you asked for the no trade clause, though. It's oh, not that's so right. They, so you it's can not control. so they won't trade you. His dead cap controlled him not being traded. Like, that's the whole thing. This is the whole thing that I think a lot of people aren't focusing on. This is going to cost the Texans like $100 million in dead cap over the next five or four years or whatever, however it breaks down. Like, their dead cap is going to be slaughtered. Yeah. So, like, their salary cap, or they're going to be paying for Deshaun Watson when he's winning Super Bowls in, in Miami. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, and that's where they're going to get it too. Because when you trade a player, you're on the hook for the dead cap. If you re, if he retires, that's the leverage he has about retiring. The dead cap is still on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even on a yeah. retired player. So this is such a lose, lose, lose. And Deshaun by having the no trade clause, they're like, okay, we're gonna get all this cap hit, but um, Philadelphia is gonna give us four first round picks so it's okay because we're gonna have you know all these young players and then deshaun heard the press conference today of buddy going you know that we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna make simple plays it's gonna be complicated (laughs) for the other team but it's It's smart or we just need to be a smart football team but make it easy to learn but easy to learn and he looks at that and goes fuck that i'm not going to play for (laughs) this guy I could have had Josh McDaniels. I could have had, you know, um, what's his name from the Chiefs. You know, I could have had all these different guys. No, I'm not doing it. Suddenly, Bill Belichick's on the phone like, so uh, do you still want that conditional third-round pick and a fifth for Watson? <laughs> and, and Nick Cazario's now looking around and, okay, well, Miami's moved on. Uh, the Raiders got a quarterback. You know, the Colts traded for Stafford. Oh, this guy did this. Oh, shit, the only thing that's left is this. 
Uh, very similar to Antonio Brown of the Bills, right? They had the deal in place with the Bills, and Antonio Brown said no. Was I'm like, not going. Nah. Mm-hmm. And vetoed the trade. So yeah, no, that's all in favor that's, for them. See, this is why this is why we we all talk together and we just sit here and you know stream so that you can teach me things because I didn't even think about that. Well, you know what? I don't put out good YouTube content. Um, I'm not yeah, very smart. You can't, yeah, you can't I, pronounce last names. For I can't shit, pronounce last apparently. names. I don't watch film. But Mm-mm. as I like to tell people, Gabby, we're just here to have. Gabby, what did I tell you off air? What's the only thing I said to you? Have fun, right? Yeah. That's what we're here to do. We're here to have fun. We bring on people like Gabby so we look smart. <laughs> nah, That's Sarah's right. Sarah's pretty smart too. Connor, you're in my boat, buddy. You and I, we're <laughs> the anchors. Yeah, I agree. Well, <laughs> Connor is the eye candy of the show. He's the That's Boston heartthrob. So they the say. Boston Boomer, excuse you. The Boston, Boston boomer, boomer, I know. That's gonna cha- that's gonna take off that's now. That's it, Boston Boomer. I'm taking over heartthrob Connor. There well, we go. <laughs> that's it. So I'm the eye candy. He's the boomer. You know, mm-hmm. Sarah's kind of the brains now. We brought in Gabby to make us look really, really smart. But yeah, no, nice. Connor and I are just here for the chuckles. All right, Connor, one more, buddy. Um, one more. I'm just no, not a comment. Uh, oh, okay. Let me I'm know. I'm going to just pull up a random draft pick or uh, upcoming uh, draft prospect okay oh. i'm ready um, now we've been doing a lot of quarterbacks and receivers lately that's true why don't we do a cornerback now we're talking why don't we do caleb farley out of virginia tech oh. ranked number 11th amongst all uh uh play prospects going into this year's draft can you tell us about cornerback caleb farley Caleb Farley, actually no relation to Chris Farley, although a lot of people think that he is. Um, he's actually very good at covering people, especially in man coverage. He's very fast. He runs a 40 between 4.3 and a 4.7, somewhere in that range. So he's real quick. Uh, he is able to intercept the ball at times, although sometimes he doesn't intercept the ball. For him to be successful in the NFL, man, he really needs to use his speed. Um, if he's able to get burnt by the other team's wide receivers, you know, it's going to be a long career for him in the NFL. Now, I got to ask, what if, what if Virginia Tech calls a zone defense? They don't want, they don't want that to happen. He's, he doesn't like the zone. He likes to play man only. Zone, he, he goes off the field. So he's got a little bit of like a, a Jalen Ramsey complex, what you're saying. Yeah, I, that's who I'd compare him to, 100%. He's basically like Jalen Ramsey Jr., in my opinion. And how, how many games did you watch Caleb Farley play this year? Uh, zero. zero. How, much, how, much, how much film have you watched? I, do, I didn't know who he was before you told me. Okay. But I'm, I will confidently say no relation to Chris. R.I.P. Uh, uh, you you so he's ranked as the 11th best prospect in the draft. Mm-hmm. Where do you think he, where, what position do you think he gets drafted at? I'm going to say anywhere between 8th and 32nd. Okay, so it's definitely a first-rounder for you. Yeah, yep. First-round talent for Mr. Farley all day. All right, another cracking draft breakdown by our man, Connor Carney. Uh, Gabby, you got time for us to look at three or four comments before you got to run? I know we've taken up a lot of your time tonight. Yeah, that's fine. All right, Connor, you want to pull up a couple comments? All righty, we got another. Uh, this was from a little while ago, but are we always going to go to the donors? Ross, thank you, sir. Shades, which is Ray's new nickname. Shades, <laughs> can we ask Gabby about Dove Climbing? <laughs> oh God! Do you, you is he a, a real person, about this, sir? Yeah, I some mean, people think that he's not real. I mean, I I really don't 
know for sure if he's real. I really am <laughs> not even comprehending if he's real. I, I honestly feel like not, to be honest. Nice. Maybe it's just a burner. It's I a burner. I feel like he Could be. genuinely might be fake. Not going to lie. All right. Really? I, yeah, Chris. Well, you, his... you, well, you can't find like any information about him on the internet. That's well, why people are like, who is this? This has to no, be a fake name. No, that's what I was going to say, though, because like if you Google his name, like not really anything comes up that's actually real. So that's why I'm mm. like, let me like, like even if you Google one of us, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure you could actually find real information, but like you Google this person and there's like nothing. <laughs> I tried and I'm just like, I don't, I really don't. I mean, I, that sounds kind of mean, I feel like, but I really don't feel like he's real. We so should yeah, invite him on the is, show and be like, prove you're real. So this well, is like, just, tell this us is just. Is, or like what, like who you you know what I mean? Like who, like who you actually are. So this mm -hmm. is just some guy that writes for Pro Football Network and goes under the alias Dov Kleiman. I like mm -hmm. it. That's actually a good alias. I like the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's a cool name for sure, but it's definitely not his real name. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, we got another donation here from Love Vibration Nation. Thank you, sir. Says fits with weapons as bridge before Trubisky. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean. If I had to pick between the two of those, I would agree. What do you guys think? If no. I had to pick between the two of those and a kick in the nuts. Uh, I would pick Mr. Farley. I, yeah, I would pick <laughs> Caleb Farley to be our quarterback. Um, yeah, you, you know what? I mean, look, Fitz, if Fitz can come in and do what he did this year in Miami, which was almost like a career year for him before he lost his job to Tua, uh, yeah. but if he could come in and do what he did – and they have Mac Jones in the wings, I could deal with that. What I couldn't deal with was like a Kyle Trask being drafted in the second round and Fitz being the bridge guy. If you're going to go with a Trask, which I think is a three or four year away starter, like I don't think you're getting anything out of Trask until year three or four, then I want like a Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, someone who can give you three years of being a good, a br good bridge quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I feel like with Fitz, there's a lot of risk there. Cause I mean, obviously what we saw this year was pretty ideal for him and anybody would want him to come to anybody would want that Fitz magic. You know what I mean? But it's like, you don't know that that's what you're going to get. So I feel like it's a little risky to try to roll with that at this moment. I still don't think I want Trubisky either, but I, I, I don't, I'm not really keen on, Fitzpatrick right now just because of the unknowns that kind of come with that. Mm hmm I agree. I have nothing else to add. It's a crack analysis, Sarah. I got another <laughs> one from Love Vibration Nation here as a good one. What about Dak? Would it be worth it to pay the big money? If Dak Prescott is available, I'd give him what he wants. But Dak Prescott's not leaving the Dallas Cowboys, so I don't even want to go. I don't. Even, that's why I don't want to go down the road of Deshaun Watson coming to New England because it's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. Yeah. Jerry's mm -hmm. going to franchise tag him, so I'm not even going to go down the road of Dak. I think he's worth the money for sure to be a franchise quarterback somewhere. I just don't see – like you said, I just don't see him at the end of the day – leaving Dallas and, and people can, you know, people can speculate and he's, there's a lot of talk about him leaving. I don't know why they haven't franchise tagged him yet, but he's definitely, I think there to stay for, for the long term Cause he, he, I mean, he is their franchise quarterback. And I mean, the guy was injured for most of the season this year and they struggled without him. So I think that they, 
are realizing now that he's an important part of that offense. So I really feel like he's going to end up staying there. Yeah, I think Jerry is regretting giving Amari Cooper and uh, Ezekiel Elliott big yeah. money before signing Seriously. the franchise quarterback. I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, I, and that's what I've been Jason saying. I just said that too. Well, no, oh, Jerry yeah. Well, and, and bad, that's sorry. what I've been saying for a while too. I don't think he's leaving Dallas. So, like, as fun as these conversations are, I just don't like this, like, entertaining it because then it's like it just adds fuel to the rumor mill and. It's like we don't, I don't want to get excited about Dak Prescott coming to the Patriots when it's like a point zero 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 one percent chance that it's happening. I think even Aaron Rodgers is more likely than that. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, have, I would give better odds of Aaron Rodgers, who's not leaving Green Bay, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I would mm-hmm. give better odds of Aaron Rodgers coming to New England than I would of Dak Prescott. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. <laughs> yeah, right, on, let's do two more. Two more. All right, here's one from uh, McChicken. Gabby, this is for you because we don't know too much about college. Gabby, how would you feel about the Patriots trading up to 9-12 to 12 overall and selecting Mika Parsons, a versatile 3-4 linebacker who can play inside and out very Belichick-like? Before Not- Gabby gives her answer, yep. fuck you, McChickens. I did my research on Parsons. I could have answered this question. Wow. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go, McChicken. Oh, goodness. Put if you want before I go. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, you know, the very Belichick-like is true. That is the type of thing that he would do for sure um you know that's not a bad that's not a bad option I think that when it comes to positions like that it's really hard to like to kind of put our eggs in those types of baskets first just because of all the COVID opt-outs that happened this year with the Patriots too I think they're going to get some players back that are going to prove to kind of be important to their success next season. But if they were to do that, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about that. I, but I, I would still rather them keep their pick as is and draft more of a tight end or a quarterback with, with that pick because I think that that would be more useful for them right now in the current situation that they're in. But I could see Belichick doing something like that because that's just what he does. I'll tell you where he would fit on the team. McChicken. <laughs> honestly i think it's going to depend if dante hightower comes back or not because yeah, yeah, he should sure. actually start his career from all the research i've done mcchicken he should start his career as an outside linebacker to start his career which means they still need to address that interior linebacker spot i think if hightower doesn't come back then belichick's going to be looking in the draft for a ready-to-go interior guy if high comes back and decides not to retire then they could go after Parsons. Yeah, nice. I agree with that completely. I think that that's all dependent on that too. Because if he comes back, then then there's not really a point in doing that. But if he doesn't come back, then it would make more a lot more sense. Yeah, because he's more of an attack. From what I know about him, he's more of an attack linebacker. They used him a lot on the blitz. He opted out in 2020. Wow, I, take that, McChicken. He did. I knew I did. I dude, he's on my big board. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> nice. He was there as a potential trade option to trade up for him. Um nice. yeah. I still believe though that that Kyle Pitts will fall to fifteen. Like I've been looking at it and I've been looking at all the teams ahead of us. And I think that Pitts could fall to fifteen, which means Belichick's gonna take that a defensive good. tackle. Yes. Right. So that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So sure. the yeah. the funny part is is like maybe a long snapper. Guys like McChicken will remember this, and Connor, you've heard this story before. But there is somewhere on YouTube, I took it down, but it somehow got back up. There is a famous video of me drunk in St. Lucia, 
watching the NFL draft, ready for Lamar Jackson to get drafted at number 31 overall, right? Mm-hmm. And I stand up and I got beers in my hand. I'm live streaming. I'm excited. And they announce out of Georgia, Sony Michelle running back. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. The best part of that video is, is I got lost trying to find my hotel room. So I'm drunk in St. Lucia, walking out <laughs> with my phone like this, ranting and screaming. People just watching me, me going, I can't find my room. I can't find my room. He trapped Sony Michelle. It's a famous, it's a famous video, famous video from 2018. Nice. I'll have to find that. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> All right. We on to the next last one. Last one right here from Tyler Watson. My boy Tyler, fellow Canadian, by the way. Yes, sir. Thoughts on tight end and receivers. Those positions seem the hardest to draft nowadays. Do we trade for a tight end and receiver with the the cap space? Uh, I've been saying all along I want to see them go to free agency for a receiver. But if Pitts is there at 15, man, let it rip. I have decided I want Corey Davis or Allen Robinson. Those are my two. Those are my two guys. I know everybody's screaming for Curtis Samuel. Chill. I would yeah, accept I Curtis. I would accept Curtis, but I want Corey Davis or Allen Robinson. I, we're not getting Hunter Henry, so get that out of your head. He's not leaving the Chargers. They're going to franchise tag him a, a, again if they can't sign him. Um, I was thinking of um, – uh, what's the guy's name? Starts with a J. Tight end. Wait. Nice in, that's in the NFL. right now? Yeah, he's in the league right now. He's gonna be. A, he's gonna be. A, a... Oh, is he uh, on the pack? The pack, not the Packers. Uh, I don't know. Fuck, I can't even remember names. Let alone say names. Actually, I, I don't remember either. As soon as I say it, you guys are gonna go. Oh. Yeah. It begins with a J. Well, start. Okay, make sure. You, make sure you guys do that when he tells us exactly no, I, the way he told us to do it. I like the idea of drafting <laughs> Kyle Pitts at fifteen. Though that's kind of my. That's 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 what I've been been kind of pushing this whole time that they do is is if he's available at fifteen, which I presume that he might be, that they draft him because that position has just been a blatant hole since Gronk left. So I would yeah. see somebody like Kyle Pitts out there, and and he's 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 really talented. But you may hate my what I want to do though. I want mm. Kyle Pitts. Receivers though, I feel like they could they could trade for a receiver though, and and be in a good position that way i want them to draft kyle pitts and convert him to receiver alan robinson would be great to be honest i would love to see alan Alan robinson in the patriots uniform alan robinson and kyle pitts you could have kyle pitts as our dk metcalf alan robinson could be our randy moss and then we're just ready to go you know what i mean and then cam newton could come back and play quarterback because anybody can you know anybody could throw to them hell maybe Connor go play quarterback i can't get on sport track right now God, what's his name? Is McChicken saying anything right now? He I said Jordan that's... Reed is all he said. No, it's like Jonon or something like oh, that. I know, isn't is it? Is... What's that? Jonah Smith from the Titans? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, that's the tight end I had in mind. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I still am just – Kyle Pitts is still my, my choice. But I feel like he would just fit in well with the Patriots. I do too. I love Kyle Pitts. Absolutely, I love Kyle Pitts. I think I convinced Connor on Kyle Pitts too. Did I not? You did, yeah. Oh, really? 
Yeah, yeah. So, and are you convinced on him? No, you're not convinced on him, right, Sarah? You want who? I don't know. If, I don't know if we've ever talked about the draft. Have we ever asked? I'm you not who convinced you want in the first on round? Kyle Pitts. Me? Oh, I don't know enough about college to be like oh. really have an opinion. So I'm like Kyle Pitts because everyone's saying, yeah, Mac Jones because everyone's saying it, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know college players, so whatever people think is the best, then sure, I'm all for it. I love I'll do some more breakdowns for I you. Say, hey, I I'm just that. being honest. I, I love that you're like, I don't know if like college, like Connor is a fucking expert or something. As he well, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't have an opinion on these guys because I just listen to once. what other people say. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds good to me because I saw five people say it. Sure. Guys, nice. we have taken an hour and 20 minutes of Gabby's time with our nonsense. We have. Okay, it was fun. Now, <laughs> do I have to remind you what you have to do now, Connor? Yes, I just have to throw up the last donation. It's not a question, but it's a great comment from Love Vibration Nation. (laughs) Nick Chicken is really Bill, uh, Steve, really Steve Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag conspiracy. If I that's a good point. If I didn't see his face, most of the people here won't know because this was a sportscaster thing exclusive. McChicken ended up on the show once. He did, but he was like in Cape Cod and had no Wi-Fi, or his Wi-Fi was crap, and he couldn't connect. But McChicken's got the craziest hair I've ever seen in my life. Like, Hell yeah. if you told me, what do you think McChicken looks like? Not like the kid who showed up to, uh, <laughs> to on our show. He's not Steve. I can confirm. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Man. I'm sorry to. That was a I, good guess, though. I should have <sighs> kept it going, though. I've ruined it now. Jesus. Both, both just... really big brains. Mm-hmm. Listen, we want to thank everybody for the donations. Like, you guys just yes, slammed the yeah. tonight. That's Thanks, amazing. Thank you. Homies. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Listen, you can check out Boston Balling with Gabby here every Sunday at 10 a.m. on Dear Pats Nation. But Gabby, if they if they did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he does have an afro. If True. they, I'm in the middle of plugging Gabby. Go ahead. If they didn't want to wait till Sunday morning, Gabby, where else can they find Boston Balling? Sure, yeah. So Boston Bowling is on any podcast streaming platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of those. It also has a Facebook page called Boston Bowling. Um, that's where I stream the show to live every Tuesday um, evening. So they can, if they like the Boston Bowling Facebook page, they can find it there. There's also a Twitter and Instagram page for Boston Bowling that is linked to my personal social media so they can find it that way too. So, and there's a YouTube channel. So Boston Bowling is pretty much everywhere. If you just search it, it, the logo looks like this that's in the back of me. So it's pretty recognizable on, on any platform. And if you don't want to go looking for it, you can find it right here on Dear Pats Nation, but I would suggest trying to find a live Tuesday because I believe it's, it's, we know somebody who's going to be on the show on Tuesday, don't we? We do. We all do, yes. Our girl mm-hmm. Sarah Marshall is going to be pulling double duty Tuesday, starting on Boston Balling. Then she's going to come exhausted over Deer Pats Nation. Connor, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, Sarah has done Boston Balling. They've done Locked On Patriots. You and I. All sorts of stuff. We're excited to have her on, uh, on Boston Balling. Nice. Yeah, lady, it'll be ladies night. Woohoo! It will be. Yes. Connor, I think we need to just crash it and just like talk mad smack in the chat <laughs> the whole time. I'm not above that. <laughs> I, jo- I go on Connor commentary on his solo podcast and just talk mad shit in the comments the whole time. It's pretty much all anyone that comes in under the an alias. Oh, no, 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 no. They come as who they are. (laughs) They want it to be known that they're here to talk shit. Ben will occasionally call me out on the show. I love it. He'll be like, oh, Connor, Ray says. 
<laughs> and then it, it's just some some just Ray um, says you're dumber than he even thought <laughs> i went on connor commentary back in the day i think it's when we were making the announcement that we signed with sportscaster probably do you want to hear how much sportscaster i think hates us right now i love sportscaster no but i sent an email out to sportscaster to our guy yeah. to to our boss at sportscaster and i was like hey man haven't heard from you in a month <laughs> right that's how i yeah. started I was like, like uh, kind of going down the home stretch now. Contract ends at the end of February. I know, you know, we're not really. Do you want us to do like well, a special goodbye? There you go. Sorry, you, you broke out for a second. So I was a... just about to start talking for you. I'm broken again. again. Fucking... There you go. No, okay, you're, you're back. back. Son of a bitch. Can you guys hear me? Yes. yes. Can you guys, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. I'm yes. just watching you guys freeze up. <laughs> Oh man, that poor again, man's Wi-Fi. I'm frozen. Or you can hear me. <laughs> That's so. Sad. We can, we can hear, hear you now. <laughs> we can hear you, but it's off and on. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That, to be honest. No. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I'll throw up one last comment for you here, Gabby. Great show. Gabby was great too. Yeah. Shout out, love, shout out to Love yeah. Vibration Nation. I really appreciate that. That's very nice of you. I like the feedback that, that that the girls get too. It's nice that we're accepted. Really? Yeah, especially since you guys have been such a man-driven show. You know, it's good to have some ladies on here, and then the uh, audience is respectful. Hey, thanks, guys. I agree. Very nice. I yes. Love. Yes, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm excited to be on the show too. I haven't done a show with another girl, so I'm excited. Really awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yo, wow, can... shout out to NFL oh. Talk coming on saying we're the goats. Woohoo! I wish that I was the goat without the H, though. All you sorts know? of good stuff coming up here. All right, I think Ray is officially frozen, <laughs> so. Um... I know, he's just standing there. Oh, no, he left. Oh, no, he's, oh, he's back. back. He's back. He's back. Yay. I was trying to call Connor to say sign off. I don't even know. I was I about hope... to. I don't know. Yeah, I was, gonna... I was calling you to say sign off. And then keep just keep me on the phone so I can hear when I click end. I'm the only one who can end the broadcast. I know that. Oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm going to go up and have a talk. I'm pretty sure somebody decided to reset the router right now because. Oh, my. My internet was just gone on everything. The internet well, we were we were just um, looking at all the compliments to us. So. Yeah. Yes. It, None. Like, there, weren't, there weren't any for us, right? I say it's to them, right? Yes. yes. To them. See? He knows. Remember, hashtag Sarah no H. Exactly. H's are ew. I thought we knew this. <laughs> Thanks, NFL Talk. We appreciate we oh, appreciate I, all I the think, comments. I think I made we made a mistake. Uh oh. Time to go. We, <laughs> we have completely just we are we so should not be here right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Gabby and Sarah show. Oh, yay. <laughs> this is what it's well, now all the comp Oh, 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 we're back. Oh, there they are. Okay, oh, yeah. I'm, start, good, like, I'm, 10 I'm seconds. hacking up, so I'm going to, I got to end this so I can end this stream because if my Wi-Fi goes out, I won't be able to end it. So okay. thank you everybody for tuning in to Dear Pats Nation. Gabby, thank you so much for coming on. We're so happy to have you here as a part of the Dear Pats Nation family. Real quick, outside of Boston Balling, where can they find you on Twitter? Just at Boston Balling? At Boston Balling on Twitter, yes. Perfect. Until Sunday night, guys, where it's just Connor and I. Thank God. Maybe 
we can get some respect. Uh, <laughs> until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Take care. Connor, tell me about they're the gonna, Red Sox. They're going to be like... Okay, I'm going to do that again. I undershot you. I turned it on way too... I fucked up. I was going to come in. Oh, we back? Are we live? No, we're live. So let's do that oh, again. Connor. Up, everybody? <laughs> the Red Sox are still going to be legit, in, unless they're not. Okay, we're still live. Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting on the end screen. We still got a fucking comment on the screen. <laughs> oh, we can't have that comment on the screen. Come on, guys. Come on now. Go on. Third <laughs> time's a charm. Third <laughs> time's a charm. We've met we we've just fallen. Connor, tell me about those Red Sox. They're gonna be legit, kid. <laughs> everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>